Hi, boys and girls. This is Ms. Kathy. I'm so happy you've joined me today for another story just for you. Sir Weasel to the Rescue by Melissa Bowen. I did a double take at the glass of water I had been drinking. You just wait, Stephen! I screamed, and I meant it. My older brother had just brought me a glass of water to make up for shoving my face into a pillow and tickling my feet that morning. Make up, ha! The little weasel had stuck a dead ant into the ice, hoping I'd chomp on it. Luckily, I hadn't, but it was a close one, too close. Just because he's older and stronger doesn't mean he's smarter, I thought. I had to do something. I was determined to beat him at his little game. I decided that the best way to get him back was to return his trick with one of my own, except mine would be grosser, stickier, slimier, and better. Hey, Stephen, do you want to go play with me at the creek, I called? All I needed to do was get him in a vulnerable position, and wham, he'd be up to his ears in mud before he could say, What crayfish? I slyly congratulated myself on such a brilliant strategy. At the creek, we jumped from rock to rock. Stephen was looking for the best place to find crayfish, and I was looking for the most mud. Finding the perfect location was difficult, but we settled on a nice little cove by the stream bed. We sat down on the rocks, glaring at each other. Stephen finally broke the silence by snarling, You're too sissy to catch a crayfish. You'd probably scream if one pinched you. I laughed at his attempt to phase me. Watch me, I said with an attitude. The race began. We splashed into the water, yanking up rocks, hoping to find the little critters. I was getting so involved that I almost forgot the real reason for coming to the creek. I glanced over at Stephen, standing in the water. Perfect. He was bending down over a large rock that happened to be covered in gooey mud. Sneaking up on Stephen was harder than I expected. Walking on tiptoes in a bubbling creek is tough. Every time I pulled my foot out of the water, it would tingle, and every time I put my foot back in the water, it splashed. I soon realized that I needed a new tactic. I scanned the terrain around the cove we were playing in. My eyes rested on a small ledge. It was on the bank of the river, right above where Stephen was intently digging for crayfish. I knew that this was going to be the only chance for a surprise attack. As quietly as possible, I eased my way out of the creek and climbed up the slope to the ledge. I looked down at the innocent victim. I'll just jump on him and wrestle him into the mud, I thought. Just as I was about to lunge onto his vulnerable form, I heard a rock hit the ground next to me. And another, and another. I looked across the creek bed and up the hill. The neighborhood bully stood there amid a group of his followers. Ha ha, look at you, kid. I'm going to beat you up. Jason's taunts hit my ears as rocks hit the water. I forgot all about my brother and the crayfish in my bucket. I just wanted to escape. I tried to find a way off the ledge. How did I get up here? I thought frantically. The closer Jason came toward me, the better his aim was. Suddenly, I felt arms pulling me. I was being dragged through the bushes, away from Jason and his crew. Then I was thrown to the ground, my brother landing right on top of me. I jerked myself out from under him. What are you doing? We've got to get out of here. Just as I said the words, I noticed blood oozing from the back of Stephen's head. I realized that a rock meant for me had hit Stephen when he intervened on my behalf. I looked down at the muddy form of my hero. Well, you got your wish. He's covered in mud, I thought. I couldn't bring myself to laugh the sinister laugh I'd been practicing for the occasion, not when my brother was lying on the ground bleeding because of me. 
I knelt down next to him in the mud. Stephen? No answer. I started to panic. What if Jason's rock had hit him so hard that he died? I didn't want to think about it. My parents rushed Stephen to the local hospital. The doctors had to shave his head and give him stitches. I sat in the waiting room the entire time. When he came out of the emergency room, he looked pretty doped up. Hey there, partner, he said in slurred speech. He was grinning a slobbery smile. What did they do to him? I whispered to anyone who might have an answer. I'd never seen my brother in such a state of helplessness. It's the medicine I gave him for the pain, said the white-coated doctor supporting Stephen. The pain will eventually go away, but he's going to have a pretty nasty scar for the rest of his life. Here, help him to the car. I reached out and put my arm around his waist to support him, an ironic ending to the revenge plot I'd had in mind. Then a thought hit me. Stephen's scars are like Jesus' scars. My brother had saved me from Jason just as Jesus saved all of us from Satan. And just as Jesus still has his scars from the cross, Stephen would always have a scar on the back of his head. With that in mind, I had to rethink my opinion of the weasel. If he hadn't shoved me out of the way, I would have needed major surgery to reconstruct my nose. Suddenly, the weasel had become a knight. My knight in muddy armor. The story you have heard today is from Guide's Greatest Stories, written by various authors and compiled by Randy Fischel, and used with permission from the Pacific Press Publishing Association. If you're interested in any other books published by the Seventh-day Adventist Church, please visit AdventistBookCenter.com or call 1-800-765-6955. This podcast is a production of the Carolina Conference of the Seventh-day Adventist Church.